0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: Very obvious from this text that uh, you'll see this title When I speak of it today, when spoiled children want more, if we're not careful, we've been given so, so much. Now, what else do I get? We live in that society. Our teenagers at this church are the most remarkable teenagers, but I think one of the qualities that they have that they would announce, they would admit the fact they've been spoiled. We have cell phones, we have computers, we have cars, we have uh, devices, and you know I'm grateful for you. Well, back in my day, we had the same. You know, a lot of times, well in our day, nothing was ever, I I know, nothing was ever handed to you, but how'd you get it all? I'm, I'm talking about, I know things have changed and they've evolved. My mother and dad would be about 100 years old if they were alive. And so they lived through the Depression. They lived through those times. I remember my mother, her parents and the families, both sides came from Germany. And uh, they came through New York and Lady Liberty shortly thereafter was established. But they, 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 my mother would say, I remember at Christmas we would get a couple of walnuts and a couple pieces of candy, sometimes two pieces of candy. Mother, if we had uh, yarn, would knit mittens or a scarf or something, But that was really over the top. And that's what it was. And I don't think they thought they were sacrificed. It was just a way of life. Uh, We began to get more. Uh, When we were children, we would get a gift, you know, a small thing. But then my parents would always get us one big gift. Uh, 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 I can remember a brand new winter coat. And I just thought that was amazing. The last big gift I ever remember, I couldn't believe my dad did this. My mother they bought all three of us. We we're teenagers, young people. They bought us a three-speed bicycle from J.C. Penney. That was amazing. I just thought. I thought. And, and you know, it, it, when, when it's nowadays, you give a kid a brand new car, a brand new computer, a thousand-dollar phone, and all these things, and they say, "What else do I get?" <laughs> or your wife, or perhaps your husband. That's it. Uh, fellas, would you please act surprised on Father's Day when you get your cufflings and your handkerchief and your socks that don't fit? Would you be happy with that? This is it? You know what I did for Mother's Day? Yes, you, never mind. But uh, here it is. When spoiled children want more. Jesus, the Bible says, came to these Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious crowd that uh, were way out of bounds. They dotted the I, they crossed the T. You could never uh, measure up to who they were. Jesus is going to introduce the disciples. So he's actually talking to the Pharisees and the disciples. But these Pharisees he begins with. And the Bible says, they, they, they came in verse number 11. The Pharisees came forth and began to question him. It's always kind of an arrogant thing when People question authority where, mom, is this all I'm getting? Dad, is this it? I wanted some nice things, some better things. And these Pharisees, they start to ask questions, not questions that were legitimate, rather questions that divide. You know, in the New Testament, titus and timothy deal with this a lot when people begin to gender these questions that are just sick, simply to divide one another in christianity D- never follow someone like that never follow someone that's trying to divide your home divide your marriage divide your relationship with your parents divide you from your church the people that are trying to divide are always weak people they have problems and they seek others that will divide with them. And the Bible says these Pharisees, they they began to question him. Can you imagine Pharisees questioning the son of God? And they began to question him, seeking of him a sign from heaven. Uh, Jesus Jesus gives them everything. And now they want more, we want a sign. We wanna know what's going on really. We want to know the nitty gritty. What's ahead? They didn't care about that. They tried to trip him up. What's Jesus' reaction? Maybe it's like a parent. And he sighed deeply in his spirit. A woman does so much and makes such an incredible meal. And then maybe a child or a husband would say, We're missing the bread. Where's the bread? He's got seven courses in front of him, and a wife might just sigh in her heart, I give up. She may now say, I just give up. This dear husband that I married is an idiot. I, I, this dear husband is a jerk. No, you mean I don't know what you're thinking, but sometimes we can create an environment where our wife sighs, what more does this guy want? Well, you know what? A woman says, I, I tell you why, some of these other ladies have their own car, credit cards. They have this, they have that. And, and a husband thinks like, I am working 60 hours a week. And he sighs in his heart. Or a parent sighs in his heart. Or child sighs in the heart because everything's not measured up. And Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, who is God, sighed deeply. And, and he asked a question. Why does this generation... Seek after sign. It's very sad when spoiled children want more. Would you keep your hand here because we're coming right back to this text. Will you go back with me to Isaiah chapter 5 because it introduces this text very clearly to us today. In Isaiah in chapter 5. In Isaiah 66 chapters, but somehow it's hiding from me. There it is right there. Isaiah 60, uh, chapter 5. Isaiah 5. Page seven and sixteen in the Bible, I have, I don't know what you have there, but, but, but would you turn to Isaiah 5. Jesus, our God tells us here in this story about a vineyard. And I will sing to my well-beloved a song and my beloved touching his vineyard. Well-beloved in the vineyard in a fruitful hill. So there's a vineyard, it's on a fruitful hill, and here's what the, 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 the husbandman did. He fenced it. This is what God did. He fenced it. For protection, he gathered out the stones, so it was good soil. He planted it with the choicest of vine. He built a tower in the midst of it. Also made a wine pass therein. And he looked that should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. Verse 4, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done to it? Wherefore, when I look, that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. Uh, and now to, uh, to now, uh, to, to, I will tell you what I will do with my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof shall be eaten up and breaking down. The wall thereof shall be prone down. And I will lay it waste and shall not be pruned or digged. But there shall come briars and thorns. And I will command the clouds that they rain no more upon it. And the vineyard of the Lord is the, of hosts is the house of Israel. Turn back now. God says, listen, Israel, I've given you Everything. I've given you protection. I've given you a tower in the middle of this vineyard to protect you. I've fenced you. I gave you good soil. I gave you good uh, vines. I, 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 I did everything I could do for the land of Israel, the nation Israel, and it's not enough. You stop and think with me for a minute. If God never gives us anything else, you know what he gave me? Today, on this day, I won't tell the year, but on this date, my wife got saved many years ago, many decades ago. God gave her and me both in the same year. I was living in California. She was living in Illinois. She was at her family Bible time with her mother. Dad was in Bible college and working the farm and getting ready to start a church, which he started 70 years ago today church is celebrating 70 years. He was the pastor 57 years and now his son's been the pastor. You talk about a hair. Did you know what God gave my wife and I decades ago? He gave us salvation. I'm saved. I'm he gave us salvation. I'm not going to die. She's not going to die and go to hell. We have a place called heaven. A mansion's been prepared for me. I'm going to heaven. We have salvation. You know what else he gave me that day? And he gave her 1 Corinthians 12. He gave us the Spirit of God. He gave us someone who lives within us. And the purpose of the Spirit of God is to comfort us. You asked Mrs. Trebo over the last two months, Months plus, how many times God's Holy Spirit has just comforted her heart? You just ask her how many times the, 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 there's been comfort. That's the Holy Spirit bringing comfort. He co- comforts us. He convicts us. He guides us. He teaches us. He reminds us. He instructs us. I mean, I got salvation. I received the Holy Spirit. You know what else he gave me? He gave us the Holy Scriptures. Yeah. The Scriptures. All Scripture is given by inspiration. It's given by God. Boy, we got saved. We got salvation. We got the Spirit of God. We got the Scriptures. We we received a desire for the sanctuary, the house of God. Jesus gave His life for the church. We, we, we just can't understand it when people want to hang out of ch- lay out of church. I can't I can't comprehend it. I want to get to church. I want to be under preaching. I tell you, just having a prayer me right here with you three fellas, I don't know if we've ever done something like that before. It just, man, God got in that thing for me in my heart and the music today and the specials today. He's all I need. I tell you what, I went to Sunday, we went to Sunday school the first time in our life for eight, uh, eight weeks, nine weeks. First time we went together today. Oh, I loved it. Our class was different today. I, it was just different today. I loved it today. I'm telling you this, I love going to the house of God. Amen. I've had boring Sunday school teachers. As a boy, some of those teachers were boring, but I had Sunday school. And I learned those little songs of only a boy named David. Jesus loves me, this I know. I've been given so much. Oh, I've been given salvation and the Spirit of God and the sanctuary and the Scriptures. Know what else I've been given? A new song. There's an entire psalm book here in the Bible. The book of Psalms, 150 chapters. A friend of mine, I'd never get anything else. And we can go on and on with the S's that he's given us. But there's five right there. He, he, he gives all the time. He giveth and he giveth. Oh, the grace that, Brother John, we were singing about it last night at prayer. The grace that he gave us, the mercy that he gave us, the forgiveness that he gave us. God is giving, giving, giving. Then why do you want more? This text before us. Please, look what he says in verse 12. He sighed deeply. Why did this generation seek a sign? One, why are you asking for more? Be content with what God's done. He's still on the throne. The second thing I see, he said, not only why are you seeking more, why are you not taking heed to yourself? The Bible says, verse 15, and he charged him saying, take heed. Heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven corrupts, and the leaven of Herod. Fifty-five times in the Bible he says to, to to be to beware. Here in the Gospel of Mark, he says beware in chapter four, chapter eight. Beware what you hear. Listen to a voice that. Pr- teaches and preaches the Word of God. Listen to the good things, the righteous things, the holy things. And then he says in this, chap- in this cha- book of chapter 13, beware of being deceived. In these last days, people will deceive you. Don't redefine the church. Amen. Preaching has worked. And God says in the last days, he's chosen preaching. Preaching has worked. Singing has worked. Rock and roll has never worked. It's never worked in the church. It's not working in society. Stop the show. Stop the nightclub. Go have church. Have a preacher. Have a song leader. You don't need a praise team. You don't need a drummer. You can go ahead and have, well, you know what year we live? You're not going to believe this. I know it's 2027. I've not lost my mind yet. I know what year it is. I even know what month it is. I think I know what date it is. May 28, 2023. I know it. Well, we got to keep up with the times. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, forever. God's always used hymns and songs and spiritual songs. God has always used preaching. God has always used tears. God has always used the house of God. Stay in the program that God has established. The third thing I see, another question. Verse 17, why reason? Because you have no bread? Perceive ye not, neither understand? Another question, have your heart hardened? Why are you so obsessed? Oh, I don't have enough. Why are you so obsessed with all this stuff? Why are we obsessed that we we, we want to go outside the boundary of God? When God's given us so much, notice what else he says. Verse number 18, having eyes, see ye not? And ears, hear not? Do ye not remember? That's That's a fourth big question. There's many others we've looked at. But don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget where you came from. I'm just a sinner saved. By, don't forget it. Amen. Don't forget the blessings of God. Yes. I would never want to degrade any nation of the world. One of my favorite nations—I've gone there more times than any other country of the world—is the Philippines. I see a whole connection of Filipino women coming in on this side, and they know I always talk to them. They just rejoice in my heart. These Filipino ladies. I am so grateful for every culture. But you have it a little bit easier here than you did in the Philippines. And I hope no one thinks I'm ridiculing the Philippines. I've preached there, I've preached there so many times, and God's people over there and the uns- they're so receptive to the gospel. But we don't really have the rice paddies here and the hard labor and the fishing and all the, the long days and the hot humidity. And we've been to some cities over there where there's almost starvation going on. I'm not pleased, Please, if you think I'm criticizing that great country. If I had to live in another country, couldn't live in America, maybe I'd choose the Philippines. It's wonderful. But remember we met about, what, 30 years ago over there for the first time? Since then till now, God's blessed you with an education, a legal way to the United States, a wife, a daughter who's out serving God today, a Sunday school class, all that God's done for you and God's done more for me than he's done for him. I'm not saying he's, but I know you're so grateful and I know you're grateful and you're grateful, and you've been, what God has done for me. We used to sing that song, after all he's done for me, after all he's done for me, how could I do less than give him my best and live for him completely? After all he's done for me. Well, I want more. Why? God showered us down. Don't you remember? We sing, I, 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 we sing do you remember when? You are drowning in the sea of sin, going down for the last time when you called upon his name. Don't ever forget it. Yes, I go back to that day in 1956 when I realized I was a sinner needing a Savior. That day I met Jesus. And not only on that day did I experience it, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his son for me. He gave me eternal life that day, gave me the spirit of God that day, gave me a love for the sanctuary, the house of God. He gave me a song in my heart. He's given me so much. And since then, he's given me a spouse and children and grandchildren. And for 47 plus years, this greatest Church in the world, North Valley Bad. God's giving, 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 giving. Yes. A Christian school, a college, a radio ministry, a live stream ministry, a publications ministry. God's been good. Another property's filled today. Just a few blocks away, these rooms that are filled, this hour that refilled today, God's been good in my life. I've been blessed beyond all measure yeah. when I go to sleep each night. Oh, I'll tell you what, I go to sleep at night. And sometimes through the night when I wake up, I just count my blood. God's so good to me. So good. Look, and we'll try to wrap it up. I know I'm out of time. Notice verse 21. Jesus is bewildered. And he said it unto them, How is it that you don't understand? He's trying to remind him about feeding the 5,000. And he said, how is it you don't understand that I've taken care of you over here. I'm going to take care of you over here. Yes. God will take care of you. He will oh, yeah. through every day. Why do you want more, teenager? Why are you expecting that more should come to you? because we're not satisfied with what we have. Why, college-age person, do you want more? Why, single adult, do you want more? Why, career person, do you want more? Why, young couples, do you want more? Why, adults, do you want more? Why, why widow, widow think that I, I deserve more, I, I ought to have more? Why, Christian, are we seeking more? God's servant, why? Well, it's not, I don't get what this pastor got. I don't have what he has or what she has. God's not good. God's been good in our lives. Stop complaining for the goodness of God. Can you imagine that? The holy God of Israel, the holy God of this world, sighed in his heart. He sighed in his heart. What do you want, more? Here's my challenge for this week. Count your blessings every day. Amen. Amen. And Say, God, as Joseph did and as Esau, I have enough. I'm blessed. You don't have to give me one more thing. Not one more thing. You know, life is interesting. And my mother and dad lived through that depression I mentioned. They lived through the war and another war. They had hard times, but dad worked the farm. I was telling our, our son Tim and his wife flew up and saw us, saw their mom for a day. This week was such a special time. And I was telling Rebecca about. My 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 dad how he was on the farm and he, out in the field somehow got was working on that machine and cut off his thumb. I always wanted a thumb like that, no nail. That I'd play with that thumb in church, thinking why can't I have a thumb like this? I was a dumb kid, Brother Poussin, but nonetheless, I I and my dad he 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 took an old handkerchief out of his pocket and picked that thumb up out of the dirt, wrapped it up in there and. He said, when I get back to the house, I'll make a pass there, and I'll put it in the ice box. They had ice there, and so he said, I'll just keep it, and maybe later today, maybe Doc, whatever his name was, can sew it back on. And he put it in the ice box, got back on the tractor, kept working. His sister, Marie, was going to prepare for dinner, and, and she opened that ice box and saw that thing, and she threw it in the garbage, and she said, that's a thumb. That is a thumb. You, we don't want a thumb. Just a, you know, my mother and dad had nothing in life. They had, like your mom and dad, especially if they were the age of my parents, when my parents were, they had, they had nothing. They just literally had nothing. And I got to grow up in the era. I was thinking about this early this morning again. We, we had one car. That's all we had. We didn't have multiple cars. At, you know, for a year, one car. And we had a a little, right over here in Centerville, we moved here, a 700-square-foot house and a one-car garage. But if you got the, the 53 station wagon in there, you couldn't get out. It was not big enough. We didn't have things. We didn't have Walmart. We didn't have online. There was nothing. Never had nothing new, new bicycles. We get parts from... I'd swap something for this guy. But my parents never had anything. But you know, in time, God began to bless them. And in time, they bought a house, and then they bought another house, and they had things, and they had family rooms, and dining rooms, and fireplaces, and they had all these things around here. And then they got old. I remember saying, Dad, I want you to, my older sister's with the Lord, I said, I want you to have my sister Judy, take you, uh, and for the rest of the day, you've gone through your things. Now I've got to deal with the rest of it. I said, Dad, you and Mom just leave for the day, and I'll, I, I've got to take care of this stuff, get rid of it. You can't take it and move right over here to Lick Mill, a little, little apartment. I said, you've got a four-bedroom house with all the, I can't, I can't, We can't take We've got to give it away. I'll never forget I'll never forget it. When he came home that day, later in the day, and he walked up, his garage was his, I mean, parked both cars that they had at that time, but his garage was his workshop. He had his workbench, and the first thing he said, son, what'd you do with all my tools? They were old. He owned a gas station back in Milwaukee. He used it back then brought them to California. They're just old. I said, well, Dad, we gave some to the bus garage. They have them, but I had to give them away. Oh, that's disappointing. We had to give their dining room table away. We had to give their hutch away. We had to give their furniture away. We had to give their beautiful sofa away and the love seat away because they were downsizing. The day came and my sister said, I want them to live with me in Santa Maria at a nursing home there. I want to take care of them. You've had them 33 years, Jack. I want them. And my mother and dad felt like it would be the best thing. for the My my dad never thought that. My mom did. And they moved to Santa Maria. We moved them to a nice two-room place, just not two bad, just two rooms. And then they needed more care. And we moved them to a one room. One little room. All possessions were gone. Everything was no chairs, no silverware, no utensils. Nothing left. If we're not careful, we're like the baby. We're told the baby comes in and soon they begin to grab for things with their hands. And I know the Westerns, the guy dies with his gun in his hand. But they say when a person dies, your hand opens up. I'll have to ask that to our mortician back here. Because you can't take it with you. Please stop demanding from God what you think you need. He'll give you what you do need.